1: is able to do exceedingly abundantly of all that we over ask or think and he does it by power he does it by the Holy Spirit the same power that rose Jesus from the grave dwells in us he does it by power the power that is working in us and before we begin to have visions of material riches and our wildest imaginations we need to pause and think about what Jesus teaches regarding the abundant life the Bible tells us that wealth prestige position and power in this world are not God's priorities for us.
0: Jesus said he came so that you could have abundant life. But what does that even mean? In today's edition of Assure Hope, Pastor Dave walks you through the Bible's definition of abundant life. You'll see that it's not about wealth, but it's more than you can even imagine. Abundant life is rooted in the person and power of Jesus. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 10 as he continues his message, The Abundant Life. You are sure.
1: He wants to rob you of your purity. He wants to rob you of your standards. He wants to rob you of your strength and steal it from you. He wants to destroy your power to resist. He likes to rob us of our blessings of serving God and loving God. See, why does he like to do that? Because true life comes from knowing God. True life comes from knowing God. We've all come from knowing Satan. We've all seen his tricks, and we've all fallen for his tricks at one time or the other. But there's no life in it. There's no life in it. There's only death. True life comes from knowing God. Satan seeks to destroy your defenses. He wants to draw you away from the Word. He wants to draw you away from fellowship, draw you away from prayer. He places other things that are before your eyes, even good things. He places good things before your eyes, and when you make them a priority before God, He's got you right where he wants you. He's got you right where you want. Because these things draw us away from what we need most. I have a bad day at work. I'm not going to fellowship.. You fall right into his hands. You fall right into his hands. He wants to steal your freedom, and he wants to place you back under bondage. Look at our world today. Just look at what it looks like. We're morally depraved. We live in a world of oppression. The rich oppress the poor. The strong oppress the weak. Various races oppress each other because of racial differences. The majority of the world is not only without God, they're without hope. They have no regard for human life. And this is exactly what Satan wants. Satan wants this because Satan's way is the way of death. Satan cannot give life. He cannot give life. He only gives death. He cannot give life. But, read the rest of verse 10. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Unlike the thief, The Lord Jesus comes not with selfish reasons, but he comes with unselfish reasons. He came to give himself, not to get. He came to give of himself, not to take from you. He came to give. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He came to give to you. All Satan wants to do is take from you, constantly taking and taking. Jesus came to give you life, and life more abundant. That's a life that's meaningful, a life that has purpose. It's a life that's joyful, and it's a life that is eternal. Now, the word ab- abundant in the Greek is prisium. It means exceedingly. It means beyond measure. It's, it's a quantity so abundant as to be considerably more than what you can even imagine or anticipate. Jesus promises you a life far better than anything you could ever Imagine. Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 9 says, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. The Apostle Paul tells us that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly of all that we over ask or think. And he does it by power. He does it by the Holy Spirit. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave dwells in us. He does it by power. The power that is working us. And before we begin to have visions of material riches and our wildest imaginations, we need to pause and think about what Jesus teaches regarding the abundant life. The Bible tells us that wealth, prestige, position, and power in this world are not God's priorities for us. They're not God's priorities. It's clear that the abundant life does not consist of the abundance of things, stuff. I'm sorry. The one who dies with the most toys does not win. Sorry about that. If the abundant life was all about material things, Jesus would have been the most wealthy person in the world. The abundant life is about eternal life. A life that begins the moment you accept Christ's sacrifice on the cross. The moment that you become born again into a living hope. The moment you receive Christ in your life, and you become born again, receive him as Savior. And it goes on throughout all eternity... The biblical definition of life, especially eternal life, Jesus himself gives you that in John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Therein is eternal life, knowing God, knowing Jesus. There is no eternal life outside that. There is no eternal life outside that. If you're looking in door number one, door number two, door number three, or the box that Jay has, it doesn't contain life. But if you're looking to a cross, if you're looking for a cross, a place meant to kill is our victory. A place meant for death is our victory. So, what is the abundant life? I can tell you right now the abundant life is a spiritual abundance having a spiritual abundance. Now, physical blessings may or may not be a part of God-centered life for you. I don't know what God has for you. I know some of you have been physically blessed. Praise God. That's a wonderful thing if God has physically blessed you. I think it's great. That's a wonderful thing. But we can't be looking at that as the abundant life. There's so much more to it than that because neither your wealth nor your poverty is any indication of your standing with God. Just because you're wealthy doesn't mean God loves you more than the guy who doesn't have the money. Doesn't mean that. I mean, look at Solomon. Solomon had every blessing you could possibly think of. He had all the things that you could possibly, possibly think of, but yet when he's writing the beautiful ecclesiastics, what does he call all that stuff? Vanity. 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 The abundant life that the Christian has revolves around one thing and one thing only, and that's growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior. And that's where the abundant life is. And what does this teach us about the abundant life? It's a continual process. It's a learning process. It's a practicing and maturing. Even when we fail, the abundant life is failing and then recovering, adjusting, enduring, overcoming the present state that you're in. That's the abundant life. That's the abundant life. You look in the mirror and you see your reflection poorly because you really can't see your face right now. But when we see God and we see him face to face, oh my, we'll be known as we're known. He'll see us and we'll see him. and Oh my, what glorious day it'll be. We no longer have to struggle with sin and doubt. No longer have to struggle with anything. The abundant life will be ultimately fulfilled. Now, it's not wrong to desire material things. But as the Christian perspective, our life must be revolutionized. In other words, we must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We must be transformed. And we become new creations in Christ, so must our understanding of what abundance means. We need to be transformed. What is true abundant life? The true abundant life is exhibiting all the fruits of the Spirit that are in Galatians 5.25. Love, joy, peace, etc., All those fruits, we exhibit those, we have the abundant life. It consists of everything that is eternal. And therefore, we're looking to the eternal, not the temporal. We're looking for that which is eternal, not the temporal. Paul said, set your eyes on things above, not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden Christ in God. Calvary Chapel theologian, we love to call him that. David Guzik said this about abundant life. He said three things. Number one, the abundant life isn't an especially long life. The abundant life isn't an easy, comfortable life, especially. And the abundant life, though, is a life of satisfaction and contentment in Jesus Christ. That's where the abundant life lies. See, Satan has completely twisted Christianity. He's twisted it. There was his plan to twist it. He made Christianity into a religion. He made it into a religion. And when it became a religion, true Christianity basically died. Even in biblical times, Paul spoke of it as having no form. It had no form of godliness. There was no power, no life. The religious system says, now, this is the way you ought to live, and if you live this way, God will accept you. That's what the religion tells us. But then it doesn't give you any help. It doesn't give you any assistance. But Jesus said, now this is the way. But I know you can't do it, so I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a Paracletus. He's going to come alongside you. It's the Holy Spirit. And he's going to teach you all things, lead you into the truth of me, and he's going to turn you into me. He's going from the inside out. He's going to conform you into the image of me. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be the one. And that's the abundant life as we have fellowship together with the Father. The Spirit does for us what we can't do for ourselves. See, no religious system gives us the power to abide by its concepts. Only Christianity is the effusion of God's power to live the life that God would have us live. And it's an abundant life. So I thought long and hard about an example for abundant life. I really wanted to come up with an example for the abundant life. and I I couldn't get away from Psalm 23. And I think in Psalm 23, you have a beautiful, beautiful picture of what the abundant life looks like. So I'm going to share that with you. First and foremost, in Psalm 23, you read verse 1a, the Lord is my shepherd. That's where it starts. If you want the abundant life, the Lord must be your shepherd. In other words, you must have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ by becoming born again. Yes, I said it. You must be born again into a living hope. You must put your faith in a cross that Christ died for you And your sins were taken away by his death. Believing in that, you become righteous in God's eyes by faith. And you're born again. That's where it starts. Then the Lord is your shepherd. Then the Lord is your shepherd. And once the Lord is your shepherd, you can be like David who wrote this psalm and say, I shall not want. That's the epitome of contentment is I shall not want. Look at it. I shall not want. You have freedom. You have contentment. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And once again, if you go back to our Philippian verses in, verse, in chapter 4, specifically in verse 12, the Paul talks about this contentment he has. He says, now, I, in verse 11, he said, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be a base, And I will abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul found his contentment in the Lord. I shall not want. This is the abundant life. And if you go back again to Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord, my shepherd, gives me rest for my anxieties. He makes me lie down. He makes me rest. He makes me rest from my troubles. He makes me rest from my fears. He leads me in a place of a contentment and a place where I don't hunger because I'm fed and sustained by his word. He leads me beside the still waters. He comforts me and he cares for me and he gives me rest even in the midst of storms because he stills the water. He's with me in the midst of the storm and the waters become still. I didn't say the storm changed or went away, although it could, but more importantly, He's with you in the storm. He's with you in the midst of it. He's with you in the midst of the storm. He calms it within me, the still waters of life. He restores my soul. The Lord restores me. He restores my soul. He brings me into repentance. He takes away my guilt, takes away my shame. And then it says he leads me in the path of righteousness. I don't know what righteousness is until I get to him. And he leads me in this path. This is the correct path, Dave. Walk on it. Don't go over there. That's not the correct path. This is the correct path. Walk on it. Be free. Walk on this path. This is the path of righteousness. And he convicts me. And he helps me to walk on that path of righteousness. There's only one path, the correct path, because of his great name. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He guides me, he leads me in a place of morality. He makes me conscious of how I speak and how I act towards others. He allows me and helps me to become obedient to his word. He takes the things that would bind me and he throws them away, the things that would bring me down. And they, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He overwhelms me with his presence, and I have joy. He stands with me in the time of trial. He stands with me in the time of affliction. He stands with me even in the valley of the shadow of death. He's with me. He'll never leave nor forsake me. His rod and his staff take care of me. I know that he's going to take care of his en- my enemies with his staff. I know he's going to take care of my enemies with his rod. And if I get out of line, he'll take care of me too. Give me a little shot with his staff and bring me into conviction. But what a wonderful thing that is. What a wonderful thing that is. Just imagine that God loves you so much that he'll correct you. I love that. Satan won't correct you. He'll let you continue down that path until you reach death. He don't care. But God cares so much for you that he'll correct you. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord, it says. Don't despise his chastening. He'll correct you, and he likes to correct you because he's a loving, good, good father. And he will correct you and show you his love and bring you back into repentance and bring you back into the fold. He will take care of you. That's great just knowing that if I get out of line, God's going to correct me. I love that. I love that. I love that. He says, he prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. He is my sustenance. He is my portion. He is my daily bread. He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. They look at it and go, wow, look how blessed you are. I go, yeah, it's the Lord. They see that. They see how blessed I am because of him. He anoints my head with oil. This is the Holy Spirit. Oil always represents Holy Spirit in Scripture. He anoints me with the Holy Spirit because he knows that I'm helpless without the Holy Spirit. He knows that I can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. And he anoints my head till it overflows. My cup runneth over with oil. My cup runs over with oil. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, out of him will flow torrents of living water. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in me. And I allow that to happen. It's incredible what I see. Holy Spirit, dwelling in me, leading me, and guiding me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. He is the epitome of goodness and mercy. He is the epitome of goodness and mercy. And when we experience that, we have mercy on others. We're good to others. And I'm overwhelmed by His love, and His grace pours out upon me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will enjoy this forever because he's given me the abundant life. He has come to give, not take. Jesus gives. It's a gift. Receive it. Receive it by faith. And I looked at scripture at something that would represent the abundant life. And a few months ago, longer than that now, we were in the book of Joshua. And we were studying the book of Joshua And when we first start the book of Joshua, Moses is dead and Joshua now is appointed over the tribe of of all the tribes of Israel. And he wants to take them into the promised land, the land of promise, the land that was promised to Moses and Abraham way back, way back. It was promised to them. They were promised this land. Now he's going to take them in. This land represents the abundant life. This land represents the land of flowing with milk and honey, the abundant life that we can have in God. But two and a half tribes decided, nah, we don't want that. We don't want to go in the promised land. We're, we're happy where we are. Can we stay here? Yeah, sure you can stay here. And they didn't go in. What's my point? Did God bless them? Yeah. Did God protect them? Yeah. Were they still God's children? Yeah. Did they receive all that God had for them? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because they didn't go into the promised land. So you have a choice today. You can enter into the promised land. You can enter into the abundant life, or you can hold back and sit back. God's a gentleman. He'll never force you. He'll never run around with a lasso and lasso you and drag you into the promised land. He'll never drag you into the abundant life, but it's yours to have. It's yours to take, and it's yours to keep. Jesus came to give that to you. He came to give you that along with life. I've come to give you life, abundant life. Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want it if God says, I want this for you? If God appeared right here and called you by name and said, I want this for you, would you not want it? Would you not say, yeah, it's for me? Well, he's saying that right here in the scripture today. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Why don't you take it? Why don't you have it? I'd like it on the other side of the river. I like it where I am. God looks at you and goes, okay, I love you, but you could experience so much more. He won't force you to take the abundant life. But Jesus clearly says that's why he came. One of the reasons he came was to give that to you. If you don't have that today, You might be struggling with your Christian walk. If you don't have that abundant life today, you might be struggling with that walk. You might be wondering why things are happening and you don't understand. If you don't have that abundant life, if you're not overflowing with the Holy Spirit, we're here to help. We're here to say you can have that today. We're here to tell you that the abundant life is available for you today. And you can have that through Jesus Christ. I told this story a million times. I'm going to end with this. I told this story a million times. So it's going to be a million and one. So the guy goes to heaven, and good old St. Pete takes him to a room and opens up the room, and there's all these boxes that are all packaged up, beautiful, beautiful, the most beautiful wrappings you've ever seen in your entire life. They all have ribbons on it. They all have things on them, big ones, small ones, little ones, all kinds of stuff, all over. All over. He, the guy looks in there and goes, wow, what are all these doing for here? And St. Pete says, Well, these were all the blessings that the Lord wanted to give you, but you didn't receive them. I don't know. Lord wants to do something mighty in you. Lord wants to do something really mighty in you today. Won't you let him? Won't you allow him to do that? Maybe it's salvation. I don't know. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. And the Lord has you here today. Maybe today is the day of your salvation. Mightn't that be wonderful? You've heard the message. You've heard it loud and clear. It's been quite clear today. You need that. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed that you need it. We all need it. Maybe you're struggling with the abundant life and you need that. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you might need today, get it. It's available. It's available. It's available to you. God wants you to have it. You are assured.
0: We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab.